Metamodern Era by Sri Mataji Nirmala Devi. Read by Sukanil. Chapter 7 Peace. Ego and conditionings are created by mind, which is a myth. As we create the conditionings with our mind, they later control our mind. In the same way, the ego controls the mind. Ego is a very dangerous disease with us. When this ego is inflated, a person feels as if he is on top of the world. One actually floats with this inflation of ego and never feels the pangs of unreal existence. This ego is very happy to hurt others and to say things that will make others absolutely miserable. It makes you do things which are very, very inhuman. Unless people introspect, they cannot see the villainous character of this ego. If somebody suddenly gets rich, his ego gets inflated further. Any kind of achievement or recognition can blow up this balloon. There was a lady tennis player who was not confident at all of winning a forthcoming match. A boyfriend gave her courage to overcome her diffidence. He went with her to England to be with her and to help her to play her match, for which she had to borrow money. Throughout the match, he would encourage her by clapping and shouting. Ultimately, she won the match and got lots of money, but in the heady moment of triumph, she ignored her friend and even insulted him when he tried to talk to her. If one has some property, one thinks no end of oneself. In India, we used to have many landlords who were known to be great shouters. They would shout and raise their voices so much that one would feel that the world was coming to an end. These landlords are now without lands because of the new laws introduced forty years ago, but still their shouting lifestyles are very much alive. If a man gets married to a beautiful woman or not, it doesn't matter. This ego gets inflated. Intellectuals, scientists, professionals, bureaucrats and politicians are all very specially prone to this inflationary process. They feel all others are fools. There are certain cultures which also create these ego-oriented personalities. Perhaps such men and women do not see that their behaviour is very ridiculous and that the rest of the world just laughs at them. They don't realise that their stupid conduct under the influence of the ego is beyond human wisdom. It is very clear that when you try to resist something which is patently absurd, this ego business starts growing into an encounter. The ego very rationally explains all misidentifications. It prevents people from understanding that there is something wrong and totally out of the ordinary. Such persons may even say that they accept a particular behaviour or attitude because it is new. It is an experiment with something new, and they are very open to new ego ventures in stupidity and idiocy. Once I was talking with a senior diplomat, and the conversation turned to Freud. He asked me, Why do you not like Freud? I said, Because he is wrong, and teaches immorality. I like Jung, who is sensible in revolting against Freud, and following a sensible line of understanding. He said, What is the greatness of this Jung, who said the same thing that has been said in the traditional way? What new thing has he said? Freud said something new, and that is why he is great. I was rather undiplomatic. I told him, Sir, you have eaten all this food all your life. You have never eaten this table. 
It is a new thing. Why not try eating this dinner table? Of course, he was quite shocked at my remark, which I had made very gently. This gentleman was a very intelligent and well-known person for his writings. I was amazed that he betrayed such a lack of knowledge of the fundamentals of life when he talked in such an irresponsible manner. To others, he would appear to be very tolerant, balanced, imaginative and normal. In the West, the first Saj Yoga meeting brought me in touch with seven hippies. They had no earnings at that time, but they had hair like nothing on earth. I'm sorry I cannot recall for comparison any animals or even birds who have knotted hair of that kind. Their hair was full of lice, and they scratched their knotted hairstyles all the time. When I asked them why they styled their hair like primitive persons, the answer was that they wanted to become primitive men who were peaceful. I had to tell them, You have very modern brains under your hair. How can you change your knotty brain? Ego wants to move faster than others. To keep pace with it, the whole trend of modern literature and artistic expression is full of speed. The faster the speed, the greater the popularity. Literature that has to have attraction in it has to be extremely fast. Even films are made of very fast themes, so much so that one loses continuity with the speed of the theme. Also, most of them are very haphazard, as the creators are confused. This speed does not allow the theme to touch any viewer deep into his being. It does not touch emotions, nor does it touch that area which will bring peace or which will create pure joy. Speed is another way for people to develop a very, very big ego, like the Grand Prix. They have accepted that the Grand Prix is a very good sport and people enjoy it very much, but, to be frank, it is very bad for the ego which bloats up. The person who wins becomes egoistical, and those who support him also become the same. When a participant crashes, the viewers get the thrill or sensation of a lifetime. One can see that this fellow who is burnt in the Grand Prix could not have been specially chosen by the divine to be burnt like this, but to shock the people who are enjoying this Grand Prix. Another example of this kind of lurid excitement is the bullfighting in Spain. The Spaniards are very fond of bullfighting. Six times a year bullfights are arranged and a large stadium is completely filled with people. This art was introduced by the Turkish people when they were ruling in Spain. The Turks were very harsh with the local people. Then came Franco. He too was a very harsh dictator, and as a result, people developed a resistance. This resistance ultimately evolved into an inhuman type of ego, which gave them sadistic pleasure when they saw a bull being killed by a matador. When I met some of the Spanish ladies, I found that they were very egoistical. I asked them, What are you doing? What is your job? They told me, We are trained as matadors. I just kept quiet, because what can one say to such ambitious women? If women start learning wrestling or this matador business, then what will happen to them? They will assume some sort of identity which is neither man nor woman. I once visited America and was in Los Angeles. I was surprised to see many women at the airport with sleeveless blouses having tremendous muscles. At first I could not understand this phenomenon, 
These people looked like women with long hair, but had bigger muscles than normal men. Later on, I was told that there was a movement of women wanting to develop their muscles to outshine the men. So on a very subtle level, violence between men and women still continues. What is the need to fight the opposite sex? The two sexes are absolutely complementary. I do not know when they will realise that this is all absolutely futile. If we have men and women competing with respect to their physical achievements, and not their moral achievements, children will learn the same thing. The women don't have to be so body-conscious unless they have to sell their bodies to earn some money. In the same way, the men do not have to spend so much time building up their bodies unless they have to play rugby. It is the fashion now also to become very thin, just the opposite of what the bodybuilding society seeks to achieve. They go to the other extreme of starvation and sometimes suffer from anorexia and all kinds of diseases. By becoming thin, it is surprising that you become much more egoistical. A thin person is much more hot-tempered than a fat one. This is caused by a bad liver. The person is so exhausted that he becomes thin on one side, and on the other side he becomes extremely hot-tempered. I know people who tremble because they are so thin and cannot control their temper. While expressing their temper, they really shake like beanstalks. This can frighten anyone because they grow so pale as if they have seen death. There are many innate misidentifications which bloat the ego. One gathers identification as he grows in a particular country. It is an old habit of human beings to club together under some sort of misidentification. Ego especially expresses itself in a very crude manner. When people say, I don't like this, I don't like that, it shows a very low upbringing. It is also a style of politicians to say, I believe. Now who are you not to like something, and who are you to believe something, and spread that belief everywhere? What is the proof that what you believe is the truth, or whatever you like is something very rare, or something very extraordinary for a connoisseur like you. I have met many people who cannot accept the truth because of their ego. Once a very rude and arrogant interviewer from television came to interview me. Of course, most of them are brought up that way, so one should not criticise their stupidity. Now this one was very special. He asked me what I was doing in London or England. He said I should help my own poor in India. I told him, I am not here of my choice, but as my husband has been elected to a UN post with headquarters in London, I have to be with him, but I am in India every year at least for half the year. Very humbly I asked him, Who is responsible for India's poverty? If a country has guests for three hundred years without any visa or immigration, how can you expect such a country to be rich? All the wealth was sucked out of India without any consideration to create a nation known as the welfare state, where lazy people live on the dole for all their lives. A fellow once boasted after our first meeting, Thank God I am jobless now. Many others joined him in great jubilation, saying they have been jobless since eternity. Imagine these Oxford-Cambridge students boasting like this about their freedom after graduation. From this lot, we now have thousands who feel ashamed to take the dole. I asked him, who will become poor 
and who will become rich? He felt quite upset with this answer from an ordinary Indian housewife. Then he asked another question. Why do you have such a large population in India? I said very calmly, Sir, I may say that for this overpopulation, also perhaps you are responsible. The ego explosion of this English interviewer was really worth viewing in silence. He jumped with temper. How do you put the blame on us for your mad population? To this I answered with great peace. I said, Sir, I read in the newspaper that in London itself, two legal children are killed by their parents each week. So, sir, please tell me which same child would like to be born in a country where there is not an atmosphere of love for children. Even the neighbours do not like children. If one has children, one may not be able to rent a flat. Perhaps children are very happy to be born in India to loving and caring parents and neighbours. Children do not want to know what bank account one has. They want love, which is the most valuable thing. All this answering made him mad with fury, so he attacked me. I'm told you do not take any money for self-realisation work. This no Anglo-Saxon brain can understand. I answered him very politely. Sir, how much can you pay for divine love? How much did you pay to Christ? By the way, can I now ask you a question? He said, yes, go ahead. I asked, will you tell me which God has made this special Anglo-Saxon brain? That settled him. He walked out with his gear and cameraman, who never took any photographs. Later on, people told me about him, that he is called the Bulldog, even in the media. I felt, why insult the Bulldog, who has never even once barked at me? It's all right if they don't want to accept the truth. It's all right as far as I'm concerned. But actually a person who denies the truth ultimately lands up in the problems of a confused personality. I try to tell people that you should not take to drinking, as alcohol is not a good thing. Many people come to me with diseases which are caused by alcohol. A businessman who was 80 years of age and used to drink came to me and said, I am eighty years of age, but I am not a human being any more. I asked, Why, what has happened? He said, I cannot sleep. So I drink, and then I sleep well, but next day I get a hangover. Then I start shouting at all my servants, my wife, children, and they have all run away from me. Now it happens that when I get up from my bed, nobody is in the house. They're all out. They've all run away. This, plus bankruptcy, is what I have achieved by drinking indiscriminately. Now I think that at this age I cannot change. You just bless me so that in my next life I should not take to this horrible thing called alcohol. This old man was so desperate, but I met many young businessmen who adored him as a model of greatness, because he was very successful in his business, despite his very heavy drinking habits. They all thought they would be very successful businessmen at 80 years of age because of drinking. When you do something wrong, you develop a very big ego. How else could you justify the wrong things you are doing? So it is a constant feeding of ego when you are doing wrong, and you want to believe and you want to prove you are doing the right thing. These days, it is remarkable that even small children in the Western countries are extremely rude and violent. You just cannot control them. One day I was travelling from my house in Surrey to London in a lonely first-class compartment. On the way, 
there came into the compartment twenty children from eight to twelve years of age studying at a very good private school. They were wearing monograms on their blue uniforms. They entered my compartment and with a blade and a small knife started cutting all the cushions of the seats in the compartment. They told me collectively, Please do not worry, we will not touch you, but allow us to do what we enjoy. I asked them, Why are you doing it? They answered, Because we like it. What's your objection? I just kept quiet because I thought that if I said anything, they would put their knives on my throat. I got down at the next station and told the station master about what the boys were doing. Some older boys, who were supposed to be looking after the younger ones, came to take the situation into their own hands. But these older boys were themselves drunk and were sleeping after drinking when these younger boys took over the charge of my compartment. Even when they were woken up, they were half drunk. I wanted to tell them that this was not the way to look after these younger students of their school, for the station master advised me not to say anything, because they were very unruly boys. They had threatened to beat the station master when he asked them why they had got drunk. They had also warned the station master of dire consequences if he made any report to the school authorities. I was shocked at this situation in England. How could a lady travel alone in such a place? How could anybody be safe in such an advanced country? But much worse is the situation in America, where, on the road, if you get down after eight o'clock from your car to buy some cakes, there'll be four or five very muscular people nearby, and they will snatch all the money you have. If you resist, they may even kill you. This violence is not only for money, women, or land, but it is violence for the sake of violence, because people now want to be violent. If somebody is not violent, they think that such a person is weak, and he should be really ridiculed and laughed at. Violence towards people who are physically weak, violence towards people who are mentally retarded, violence towards people who are uneducated, violence towards people who are not of the same race, violence towards people who have immigrated to your country legally, violence towards women, violence towards wives and children is also very common. This is what some strong human beings are doing to others who have disadvantages and belong to the weaker sections of the same human society. Wherever they could assert themselves, they have enjoyed that violence as if it is the most beautiful thing to do. In the olden days, people were violent to holy saints. Saints being very tolerant and truthful but outspoken were not appreciated by people who were evil. Evil people exist today also in the form of religious organizations which are very dishonest and violent, preaching falsehood and making money out of simple, faithful people. Namadeva, a saint, said that an evil person will always be evil, always anxious to torture. Like a fly, even if it goes in your stomach and dies, it makes you so sick that you die of vomiting. On the other side, there are people who are intellectuals and have no idea about reality. They try to form a forum to be politically in the field or to support some political party. We have a very bad group in Maharashtra. They call themselves the people who will remove the shackles of blind faith, but they themselves are not aware of reality. They have got no spiritual authority as saints, a few people have got together and have become a self-appointed group to cure the blind faith of other people. 
those who are themselves blind and who believe blindly in their own ideas cannot remove the blind faith of others. It is only a real saint who can do this work. In India there have been many saints who have talked against blind faith and false gurus. I have myself, from the year 1972, been warning people openly against blind faith, false gurus and their cults. People warned me that I was very outspoken, that I should be careful, as these evil people would try to kill me. Nobody tried to kill me, nor did I stop saying that one cannot purchase one's guru or master. People who have come to Saj Yoga have got rid of all extreme ideas of blind faith, customs and misidentifications, which had conditioned them earlier. This happens spontaneously once you get the light of the Spirit within you. Then only can you see the reality, which is so nourishing and joy-giving. There have been many false charges levied against me, but none of them has any substance, because those who are themselves making billions of dollars want to justify themselves by calling honest people money-oriented. Those who think that they are in charge of a religion should also open their eyes and try to understand what is reality, what is benevolence for the people who follow their religion. As they are not nourished by truth, people ultimately end up being violent. It is easy to prove that Saj Yoga is the way to achieve your self-realization. It has been proved in many countries. Even so, in Maharashtra, which is known for its saints, some misguided people have taken a malignant pleasure in attacking Saj Yoga and disturbing our seminars. The worst event happened in a remote village, where they got hold of small primary school children and asked them to throw about 500 stones at the people who were trying to listen to me. This caused many injuries to our people. Now, of course, they are all cured. Everything was done to file a lawsuit against the blind organization which was so violent. These people bribed the police and tried to establish that they were the ones who were really beaten by us. They have no certificates from the doctors that they were injured. The case has been pending for the last five years in the courts and no decision has been taken so far. This is the plight of many truthful people even in the 20th century. The reality must be brought to light for the benevolence of the whole world. This must be done in a country like India, where so many saints have been born. Unfortunately, even in India, a number of saints have been troubled and tortured, while those who are dishonest, who are good talkers like Rajneesh, are very popular socially. It is amazing how people don't think of their progeny and don't want to give reality even to their own children. In my next chapter, I will tell you how much good Saj Yoga can do. It is not a claim. It is the truth. But I am happy to say that those who come to Saj Yoga have become absolutely non-violent, absolutely loving, compassionate people, and by the grace of God, no one dare touch them. Even if they try, Saj Yogis can get over all the problems created by these negative forces. It is remarkable that since the day the seventh center was opened in the brain, Things are working out in such a way that silently this movement for peace is moving inside the being of people, through their hearts. I have been really so lucky to see in my lifetime that people from 65 nations gather together in thousands at our seminars. There's no quarrel or fight. These seminars last for more than a week in a remote seaside village. 
There also some greedy villagers tried to spoil the water by throwing dirty things inside the well, but small little children, all hardly five years of age, came and told me, like angels, that we should not drink any water from this well. It is very surprising how help comes, despite these powerful negative forces, who believe that they can do whatever harm they like. These are very blissful times, and those who want to take advantage of this can easily achieve the real meaning of their lives. Only in the light of the Spirit we see and feel on our central nervous system that we are part and parcel of one primordial father and mother. The cells in the body act collectively. If one part of the body is hurt, then the whole body looks after that part. The whole body itself is coordinated and acts in an extremely coordinated manner. We need not go into the scientific aspect of this matter. However, it is obvious that every part of the body is somehow connected through the central nervous system to every other part of the body. The reflex actions which take place in the body are exactly the same as those which happen spontaneously to people who are together in Saj Yoga. If one person is sick, the whole body of Saj Yogis rush to his help. If one person has a genuine problem, the whole organization, which is a living organization, acts spontaneously to solve the problem of that individual person. In the light of the spirit, one becomes completely integrated and extremely aware and wise. The greatest achievement is that he becomes joyous, and instead of finding fault with others, he becomes sensitive enough to enjoy another's personality. The only way we can bring peace on this earth is not by talking or by organizing, but by transforming people to this new awareness of the fourth dimension, where they become the spirit. But what are we to do about people who are violent? How do we protect ourselves from them is always the question put to me. The answer is that we are now in the realm of God Almighty. We now belong to the kingdom of God, and He is capable of arranging our protection and nourishment. But first, we have to enter into His kingdom with humility and with readiness. If somebody does not want to have self-realization, no one can force it. It is not possible to force a seed to sprout. Unless you put the seed inside Mother Earth and pour the water of love on it, it won't sprout. In the same manner, it is not possible for us to be disturbed, upset, worried or tense if we are standing in the light of the Spirit. The dreams of all the people who are seeking the truth can be easily fulfilled if they only have pure desire to have reality and not falsehood. World peace can be achieved only when people in charge of world affairs get their self-realization. They are leaders of different countries, and through a Sahaj relation, they will respect and love each other. They will be like benevolent kings described by Socrates, who will think of global peace. Today it seems as if the whole world is ablaze with war or preparation for war. For example, the war in Bosnia is the misidentification of Croats, Muslims and Serbs. They follow the Christian and Muslim religions. The Croats are Catholic Christians, but do they follow Christ? What about Muslims who believe in the formless God and despite this fight for land? Actually, Mohammed never talked of an exclusive religion. He talked about Abraham, Moses and Christ in a series, and the fourth was himself. 
Even Christ talked about Abraham and Moses. Why do people who follow Moses, Christ, or Muhammad fight? They have the same roots. At least these three religions should produce people who understand the oneness of their religions. Of course, the Hindu religion is not exclusive. It accepts all the religions. But even Hindus at the helm of affairs in India have made different laws for different religions. They are taking advantage of the minorities for votes in the democracy. The human mind is always bombarded with thoughts. It builds the ego and it reacts with it. Those who are conditioned are frightened people. These thoughts come from the past or from the future. But reality is in the present, where we achieve peace. The mind creates all the problems for an individual or for the collective. One has to go beyond the mind, into thoughtless awareness where there is peace. A new race of these peaceful warriors is already created. The only thing is, I hope it expands to such an extent that many people become peaceful and emit peace through their personality and saintly work.